Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unk, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. It should be an unthinkable scenario, but it's happened time and time again. People born in the United States are treated as national security threats because of their families' countries of origin. In late 2018, for example, the Washington Post reported on the story of Peter Sean Brown, a Philadelphia-born citizen who says U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, held him for deportation to Jamaica. The same article cited a 2013 Syracuse University study that determined ICE had placed detainers on 834 U.S. citizens over just a four-year period. And while ICE-related incidents have made lots of headlines in our post-9-11 society, the issue has recurred throughout our country's history. Case in point, the incarceration of Mitsuye Endo. Born in Sacramento, California in 1920, Endo was one of four children born to her parents who were Japanese immigrants. In her early 20s, Endo worked as a secretary for the state's Department of Employment. But life as Japanese Americans knew it changed dramatically on December 7th of 1941, the day Japan attacked Pearl Harbor. 
Within a few months, the U.S. had dismissed all Japanese-American state employees, including Endo. Of the hundreds of employees affected, 63 banded together to challenge the firings. Backed by the Japanese-American Citizens League, Endo and her peers hired attorney James C. Purcell to defend their rights. But fighting against the prevailing authoritative rule wasn't easy, and as Purcell took on the case, circumstances continued to worsen for Japanese-Americans. At the order of President Franklin D. Roosevelt, more than 120,000 Japanese-Americans were forcibly relocated and incarcerated. Along with her family, Endo was sent first to the Sacramento Assembly Center and then to the Tule Lake, California internment camp. We spoke with University of California, Berkeley School of Law professor Amanda L. Tyler. She's written extensively about Purcell and Endo, both in her book, Habeas Corpus in Wartime, From the Tower of London to Guantanamo Bay, and in a 2016 op-ed for the Sacramento Bee, titled Unsung World War II Hero Deserves the Medal of Freedom. Tyler said, Ms. Endo was summarily fired from her job as a California state employee, forced to leave her home, sent to two different internment camps, eventually separated from her parents, and all the while, her brother was serving in the United States military. Roosevelt's extreme measure was Executive Order 9066, a World War II policy that prescribed, quote, regulations for the conduct and control of alien enemies. As Purcell built a case against the government's actions, he began searching for a plaintiff to challenge the incarceration through a habeas corpus petition. Dating back to 1215, habeas corpus is a court order that empowers individuals and or those representing them to dispute the legality of their imprisonment. Purcell decided Endo was an ideal candidate, and not only was she a Methodist citizen with a brother in the U.S. Army, but she'd never even been to Japan. While she initially hesitated to act as plaintiff, Endo eventually agreed, and Purcell filed the petition on July 12, 1942, in a San Francisco federal district court. Tyler explained, During the course of her case, the government realized that it posed a serious challenge to all the policies directed at persons of Japanese ancestry that the military instituted under the auspices of Executive Order 9066. So the government offered her release in order to make her case effectively go away. She resisted in her later words because, quote, the fact that I wanted to prove that we of Japanese ancestry were not guilty of any crime and that we were loyal American citizens kept me from abandoning the suit. Endo remained in confinement for months as her case progressed. When it eventually reached the Supreme Court in April of 1944, the court unanimously ruled in favor of Endo, stating that, quote, the government cannot detain a citizen without charge when the government itself concedes she is loyal to the United States. While Endo's unwavering commitment to the larger cause was certainly central to the eventual outcome, Tyler credits Purcell for his tireless efforts. Quote, he recognized the serious constitutional problems with what the government was doing, and he felt compelled to use his skills to give a voice to a community that was unfairly targeted and unconstitutionally treated during the war. I've heard many survivors of the camps refer to Mr. Purcell as the man who set us free. According to Tyler, the case has left more of a cultural legacy than a legal one. She said, Endo's case is not so significant for the precedent it set because it was decided very narrowly on non-constitutional grounds, but it is instead enormously significant for being the driving force behind the closing of the Japanese-American internment camps. In the lead-up to the decision coming down, President Roosevelt had resisted pressure from advisors to close the camps. 
After the 1944 election, and upon purportedly being tipped off that the Supreme Court was going to decide in favor of Endo's claim that she could not be detained in the camps as a conceitedly loyal citizen, the administration changed course and proclaimed that it would begin closing the camps. The day after making that announcement, the Supreme Court handed down its decision. And there are larger effects of the case that still influence legal proceedings today. Tyler referred to the ongoing argument over whether the judiciary branch of government, uh, the Supreme Court, and other federal courts should yield all decisions about national security to the executive branch, the president, vice president, and cabinet. She said, The larger relevance of all the Japanese-American cases that went before the Supreme Court during World War II, to my mind, is that they show how dangerous deference to the executive in wartime can be. In a 2018 USA Today op-ed, Tyler referred to Japanese-American internment as a cautionary tale for President Trump's proposed travel ban. Quote, This connects to modern day because it means that the court should be hesitant to defer to the executive with respect to assertions about the needs of national security as a blanket matter. To underscore her point, Tyler refers to the Supreme Court's decision last year to overturn the 1944 ruling in the case of Korematsu versus the United States, in which American citizen Fred Korematsu refused to leave the West Coast following President Roosevelt's executive order and was subsequently convicted of disobeying a military order. While the ruling was technically overruled in dicta, meaning it may hold more symbolic value than actionable impact, Tyler says it's still a meaningful move. She said, Had the court in Korematsu, among other cases, actually asked to see a factual basis supporting the need for the policies that were put in place by the military under Executive Order 9066, the government could not have provided any evidence. This fact, and the court's recent overruling of Korematsu, albeit in dicta, should give pause to any court inclined to take the executive at its word when individual rights are at stake. While the U.S. continues to face complex issues around national security, immigration, citizenship, and ingrained institutional prejudices, many continue to look to Endo and Purcell as trailblazers. Following the landmark case, Purcell went on to work on a number of Japanese immigration lawsuits and practiced law into his 80s. And although Endo kept a low profile for the remainder of her life, Apparently, her own daughter didn't know about Endo's historic impact until she was in her 20s. She continues to be an important figure in the continued fight for fair and equal rights. Today's episode was written by Michelle Konstantinovsky and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. 